welcome to the ninth episode of Tampa 2 Tuesdays. My name is Bilal Malik, and this is my co-host, Trenton Cito. How are you, Trenton? Well, you know, we're all stuck at home. <laughs> yeah. We're all stuck at home because of coronavirus. We it's aren't been... in the studio. Yeah. Time. We are um, We are out of school for now. We're on, what, spring break? Uh, we expected to be back in two weeks, back in the studio, bringing the show up again, but the campus is closed, the world has pretty much shut down, and uh, here we are, recording from the comfort of our own home. Yeah, you're in your home, I'm in my home, and we don't have the show, so we're not live on the air anymore, but we are running this through our podcast, so hopefully more people will transition over to the podcast if they... it's the magic of technology <laughs> yeah where would where would we be without without it more bored than we currently are <laughs> and that is that saying something because we are bored but uh, classes the... classes will start again next week it was mm-hmm. only a day after our last show about two weeks ago when we found out that the campus would be closing down and and then a lot of us had to move out, and here we are, stuck at home. But it's better than being out in the world, surrounded by people in this scary time. It's a very good point. But here we are. The NFL news never stops. The grind never stops. So, And we're right here to cover it all. Yeah, let's get into it. All right, so one of the biggest things that happened since our last show was the CBA agreement between the NFL and the NFLPA. So there was a lot of controversy that took place, and there was a lot of people who didn't vote. 20%. That's a a large amount of the people. And the vote was only about 60 60 people margin, 1,019 to 559. So 53% voted yes. And that's only three percent away from hitting dead even. And a lot of a lot of the people, like there are twenty five hundred people in the union, so close to almost over five hundred people didn't even vote. And there's a lot of names on both sides of it. Like uh, Tom Brady was upset with it, but then you have on the other side uh, Drew Brees, who was happy with it. Um, you've got J.J. Watt and Aaron Rodgers who were not happy with it. So, you know, you got a lot of a lot of players on both sides of this. It comes with any negotiation, and the people who didn't like it, hopefully they voted. But again, we mentioned how many people didn't vote. So it comes with any democracy that if you don't vote, no matter what your options presented are. You don't have the right to judge it. Now, I'm not a player. I will never be a player. But just in general, knowing that if you didn't express your you didn't express your feelings towards a situation, either by your vote, which is the most important thing, was your vote, then now you have to sit with this deal for the next ten years mm-hmm. because it will continue through 2030. 
And there were a lot of changes that actually happened, took place in here. We've discussed bits and pieces of this on previous episodes of our show. So let's just uh, dive into a couple pieces of it and see what we think. All right. Um, for the season structure, a little bit of that changed in 2020. We're going to have a 16-game regular season, and the postseason has expanded from 12 teams to 14 teams. Uh, so they've added two extra teams. Uh, the top two seeds won't get the buy. Only the top seed will get the buy now. So they just added another wild card game. Um, I looked at uh, I looked at a graphic earlier that the Bears in 2011 and 2012 were considered the quote unquote seventh seed. So that would have been three years in a row, 2010, 2011, 2012, of us making the playoffs if the seventh seed existed back then. Just imagine the amount of... It's kind of sad that we would have to rely on a seventh seed, but still, just imagine how that would have changed the fortunes of the franchise for mm-hmm. a long time after if we had made the playoffs three years in a row. Right. Uh, starting in 2021, the NFL has the option to expand the regular season from 16 to 17 games. And if it moves to 17 games, each team will receive a bye week instead of a fourth preseason game. Again, we mentioned this. I've also said that there's no benefit to the players of a 17-game season. All it is is an extra revenue stream for the owners and the and the players, well, the players are also now cut into the revenue split. They'll be receiving, um, this year, they'll be receiving 47% of the revenue while the owners receive 53%. And then the following years, from 2021 to 2030, they'll be receiving 52% of the revenue. Oh, sorry, 48% of the revenue and the owners receive 52% of the revenue. So, again, the 17-game season... How we just tied in another aspect of the CBA into this. It just shows you how there isn't the benefit for uh, another 17-game season except to make money. But it's where we are now, and we can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, there's some roster changes. Teams can designate uh, another additional player to return from IR each year. So now it's three instead of two players. It's pretty good. You know, you have now stars that can return, you know, instead of shutting them down for an entire season. This whole aspect of the roster changes to the CBA are the the things that I like the most out of the agreement. Because... Especially uh, now game day rosters are increased from 46 to 48 players. It's going to help a lot with the depth on the team, Mm -hmm. especially game day. Because we all know that you can have 53 players on a roster. But it's the heat of the moment in a game where things can go wrong, where you need another person to step in. And then a lot of cases, you don't have that. That player isn't dressed or No, they aren't. And, like, it's usually, in my experience watching games, it's come down to the offensive lineman. Someone mm-hmm. gets hurt, and you have to pull in someone from, like, either special teams or another position or rearrange the offensive line to uh, accommodate for the injury. But right. now if you have an additional person ready, you don't have to run into these problems. Mm-hmm. And this new change, uh, you can have 48 players 
on the active game day roster only if you have at least eight offensive offensive linemen on that. So this this is a rule that is specific specifically designed to uh, address the situation that you just put out. It's good. It's a good addition. And um, what else? The practice squads. Practice practice squads expanded from 10 to 12 players for this season. And then starting in 2022, it will be 14 players. And now you can have between two and four players with unlimited accrued seasons. So in the past, when you'd have a practice squad, uh, a player is only eligible to be on the practice squad if they've haven't spent more than three seasons already on a practice squad mm. or they haven't spent uh, two seasons on a active roster. So now it allows you to put a NFL veteran or, you know, somebody who's already been on a practice squad for a while. It allows you to keep them on that practice squad. So that's pretty cool. Gives more opportunities. Veterans, veterans are usually people who have four or more seasons in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So, right. I think the last thing we should Cover. There are a lot of other aspects to the CBA, but we're just running to the more uh, relevant and important parts. The last thing I think we should cover is the work working environment. So are you, Thursday night games have become a really big staple now in the league. So we are now having three days off mandatory after a Thursday night game. And that's definitely big. It gives the players... The, the time that they need to rest. So because they're going I, I from like a Sunday, you're going from a Sunday game to a Thursday game. You're already on a tight schedule, so just to have the three days off is a lot of help. Mm-hmm. And then you're also also only allowed to be at the facility for twelve hours a day. So it's it's definitely something that's um, aimed towards making the lives of the players easier and just watching out for their health do you think a player such as like a drew Brees or a tom brady let's say who wants to be at the facility longer just to study film or just to have meetings or practice on their own time think they'd still be allowed to be there or Um, make sure they don't be there i mean i feel like even if you want to do it you know you can they all have their own homes, right? And nowadays with technology, you can take the game film home with you. Uh, I'm sure probably a lot of these players and coaches even have their own like rooms designed in their home that is like specifically for game film and such. So I don't think the the team facility maximum time really butts into that too much. The power of technology. <laughs> That's how we're running this podcast. All right. Um Next up, we have NFL Draft, right? Yeah, so... It's a big event. Yeah, how about you take the lead on this one? All right. Uh, so the NFL wants to use the 2020 draft towards charity, of course, towards this uh, pandemic of COVID-19. Uh, I think they, they haven't really said how they're going to run the draft now. It was no, the... supposed to be in Las Vegas. It still might be in Vegas. I don't know at all. Like, cause it's the whole thing is we're not supposed to have we're not supposed to gather in groups. And the mm-hmm. NFL, like, when the NFL draft was in Chicago back in 2015, 
and uh, 2016. It, there was a lot of um, I went down there both times, and there was a lot of activities going around outside. There were um, games, there were museum exhibits, so a lot of people enjoying the festivities of the draft in addition to the actual draft process. So those have all been shut down because we're not supposed to gather in groups. So there, I like though in how the league is taking the charitable aspect to it because we have all these billionaire and owners and millionaire players and the league has always been involved in the community so it just seems like the least that anyone can do is to just bring awareness and more support to those who are dealing with the horrible coronavirus mm-hmm. and the coronavirus has done more than just disrupt this draft process right it's it's hit every sports team organization network everywhere around the world places are people getting are, shut down people, people are working aren't from working. home yep people are working from home um we're thanks. at home school <laughs> school's been canceled in a way we're at we have to do online classes so it's, specifically uh, specifically for the nfl uh roger goodell also shut down team facilities too facilities yeah um players free agents can't meet with teams also free agents can't get their team physicals in now because they're trying to prioritize of course fighting the coronavirus so it's really created a real big hassle for everyone in this nfl draft process like pro days have been canceled too it's all like it's all game film now that's all they can do well they can i bet they'll be able to still discuss with them through skype and Mm -hmm. other other um, video conferencing tools. Zoom is taking off. Everyone's using Zoom. <laughs> I've yet to use it, but I bet I will be someday. Um, so I was going to say something about... Oh, the draft is one of the... Uh, since you were mentioning earlier how sports world has been affected completely, the draft is going to be a good distraction for people just to have some some sport element back in their lives. It's not mm-hmm. people playing game, but it's still it's still something. Right. Um, and it's going to be a, a big event come April, and it'll be nice to sort of take our minds off of that and think instead of, you know, to the future, the, the brighter future. All right. So thinking of uh, ways to help cheer us up, one of the best announcers in the game Joe Buck recently put out a uh, kind of like a challenge to people on social media saying that send in videos of um, them doing some sports activity or just any daily activity just record it and he will if he chooses your video he will announce it as if he was announcing a game so and if he, if your video is chosen he says that he's, uh, you're supposed to pledge something to a charitable organization, even if it's $1. So this is a video of his wife and his son and he, with his uh, announcing in the background. This is called negotiation, ladies and gentlemen. Do you want to watch? Michelle on the left is trying to prepare quiz? dinner. Wyatt on the right fighting back a yawn dressed like... Kind of a half-assed Fred you Flintstone. You do want to watch a And he's now, he wants to watch Blippi, folks. Oh, oh and he's oh, hit his mom. Oh. 
He has hit his mom. Mom is playing it up. Wyatt is crying. All hell is broken loose inside this house. Quarantine day seven. For us, it's about day 13. Oh, but they're hugging. Everything has come back together. This quarantine has affected everyone. Like, I bet you, Trenton, have experienced times where, like, you don't know what to do. You're just tired. Mm -hmm. So I'm, this is just fun to see that Joe Buck is taking this approach, using his skills that everyone has admired for so long, and just putting them into, into a fun way, while at the same time having a charitable aspect to it as well. Mm -hmm. This is definitely nice to see. And um, also... You know, it's something to take the minds off our current situation, and that's that's always a good thing. All right, so now the biggest thing that's been happening while we while we've been stuck in quarantine has been the NFL free agency. Now, of course, the biggest headline here is uh, probably one of the biggest players that the NFL has ever seen, Tom Brady has gone to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's left New England Patriots. He's gone. It's crazy. Nobody expected it. What are your thoughts? You're right that no one expected it. I have been saying for weeks and weeks that he's never going to leave New England. They're going to get a deal. And then I find that he's going to Tampa, which is uh, which I like Bruce Arians. He's good. He's a good coach. And it just still doesn't seem right that Tom Brady is going to Tampa. Yeah, it's it's funny because Bruce Arians, when he first went to Tampa Bay, wasn't his whole thing about going there to coach Jameis Winston. And now one season later, Jameis Winston's gone. Tom Brady is there. Uh, Two-year deal, $50 million all guaranteed, another $9 million in incentives. Uh, it's It's nuts. It's, I mean, he's going to bring him going, him going to Tampa has changed everything in a way. Mm -hmm. he, he changed the fortunes of the Bucks. It has changed the division. It has changed the conference. It has changed the, the AFC in a way because the Patriots may not be the top team anymore because they don't have Tom Brady. They still got Belichick, but they still they don't have Tom Brady. So mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting. And um, yeah, he said in his news conference that, uh, which obviously couldn't have been done live in, in person, so he did it over the phone. But it was, uh, he said, entering something that is obviously very uni unique to me. First time it's happened in 20 years, he's taking, I'm taking it day by day. So he's also getting used to it, I'd say. Yeah, um, for sure. It's I I just still can't imagine what this season is gonna be with with all these changes. We could I think we could safely predict that Tampa is a playoff contender now mm -hmm. with the Bruce Arians offense and the Tom Brady leading it. There's definitely a lot of weapons already on that offense. It's also the first time that he's had to. Um, We've had a head coach that's offensive-minded. Mm-hmm. Because 
Brady's always, I mean, sorry, Belichick has always been focused on the defensive side of things. Although, of course, Belichick has has so much knowledge in every aspect of it that, you know, <laughs> he he has his uh, hands in every jar <laughs> of a team. True, true. Um, yeah, it's just going to be hard to imagine. I mean, he got a good deal, two mm-hmm. years, $50 million, so at least we know that Brady's going to be around for $2 million, I mean, not $2 million, two years, and he will not be asked the retirement question until... That division's changed, though, now. We'll get into it later in a little bit, but they just got Teddy Bridgewater to the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Matt Ryan uh, is still with the Falcons. And, and Drew, Drew Brees, Brees is uh-huh. still there. Drew Brees resigns with the Saints, and that is that's a rough division to be in. I can't wait to see Brees versus Brady twice, twice a year. year. For at least the next two years. So, it's going to be fun. It's going to be strange, but fun. Glad for the people of Tampa. And just people in New England, you've had your run at it for 20 years, and there's nothing to be ashamed of losing out on Tom Brady. You guys had the best team forever. For a long time. For, like, all of the the 2000s (laughs) and most of the 2010s. (laughs) It was going to come down to this in a way, like... There were three options. He was going to resign. He was going to retire, which he said he wasn't, but still that was an option. Mm-hmm. And he was going to go to another team. He just happened to be another team, and we'll just have to see if he can. It's going to be the first time to see what he's like without Bill Belichick, how he performs, and mm-hmm. how much the New England success was Tom Brady and how much of it was Bill Belichick. Watching both teams this year is going to be interesting. And, of course, one last congratulations to everybody who's in the division with the Patriots. Congratulations. <laughs> you, you now have a chance. You finally have a chance to win the division. <laughs> Unless Bill Belichick works his magic and they still win it. Mm. All right. Uh, some other big news. DeAndre Hopkins traded to the Arizona Cardinals. This was one of the biggest news that broke out and before the Brady news came out. This was probably the first one and everyone was really shocked it's like why why would you trade your top receiver to the cardinals and every houston texans fan everywhere is just totally upset with bill o'brien like if they weren't already upset with him uh in the past seasons getting rid of star players this is this really really upset them because deandre hopkins is you know, a, a top five wide receiver for many years now. And to trade him for uh, David Johnson, a running back who hasn't been super productive for several years, um, and a second rounder and a fourth rounder, and the Cardinals receive Hopkins and a fourth rounder, it's it's kind of a, a rough trade. If you're Kyler Murray, though, you should be pretty excited you're going to oh, get yeah. the top player. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kyler Murray has uh, Kenyon Drake, I think. He's mm-hmm. still there. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald's coming back for another season. Larry Larry's he's not got, going anywhere. He's got uh, Christian Kirk, the young wide receiver, drafted last year. Now he's got DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, that, that air raid <laughs> offense is <laughs> it's going to be crazy. 
You're going to have these three receiver sets. Oh, man. It'll be fun. It'll be good to see him in his second year, how he progresses. Now he has another Now he has another target to throw to. Bill O'Brien's basically now the general manager as well of the mm-hmm. Houston Texans. So now everything has come up to him. So if these decisions don't work out, I can easily see him losing his job next year. Right. Um, in other news, we have Philip Rivers going to the Colts for $25 million. The Colts are keeping Jacoby Brissett, who was the starting quarterback last season, but once he got injured, he was never really the same. Uh, what do you think about this? I mean, ever since Rivers, even before, wasn't he like even before Rivers got released by the Chargers? Or he wasn't re- released, but he wasn't re-signed. Uh, he was linked to the Colts, and mm-hmm. there were only there were only a couple options that someone like him can go. He was never going to settled to be a backup just knowing right. him as a player mm-hmm. and he I believe he was also at some point contemplating retirement so if uh it was the best situation so it's a one year 25 million it's somewhat the same deal brady has even though his was two years 50 but um i'm just shocked that they're keeping jacoby Brissett at 21.3 million dollars yeah year. It's, here's uh, a here's a quick breakdown of the the salary cap charges that the Colts are paying in this 2020 season. Philip Rivers, 25 million. Jacoby Brissett, 21.3 million. Uh, they have Chad Kelly. I think he's still on the practice squad. He's being paid 750,000. Uh, Andrew Luck is still getting 6.4 million, even though he's retired. Uh, Brian Hoyer is getting almost 3 million. And of course, Brian Hoyer has now been sent to the, the Patriots or not sent but not um signed yeah signed by the patriots there we go i mean he's 38 years old he threw 20 interceptions last year but jim mercy was also just saying that he calls it a young 38 (laughs) which in football for a quarterback we're living in an age where we got brady playing who's in his 40s drew Brees is 40 Mm -hmm. Brett Favre played until he was like 41, but he was like banged up at the end of his career. But he was still played that long. And Manning, Manning played for a while. So all these players, especially at their position, they've done well. And this could be a year where Rivers restarts everything and has a career year. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can uh, hope so. I think it was also that Rivers fits the the Colts system. Like it's a similar uh, verbiage he's for the system. With, he's worked with Frank Wright in the past. Mm. I think, I believe he was either his quarterback's coach or his offensive coordinator back in 2014, 2015 time, somewhere around that time. So he's worked with the player, the, the coach before. So that must've had some impact in his decision to sign with the Colts. For sure. Uh, in other news, Marcus Mariota, was the Raiders yeah he went to the Raiders he left the Titans the Titans opted instead to pay Ryan Tannehill some smart move big money long contract uh so now Mariota is with John Gruden John um, Gruden two years 17.6 million seven and a half million is guaranteed in the first year but you know there's news that came out and said it's still Derek Carr's team 
Yeah, he um, came out and said that he's a capable backup. He's a mm-hmm. capable backup. Um, uh, David Carr, Derek Carr's brother, who used to play in the league, said, he, I remember listening, saying that every time he used to visit his brother up in Oakland, there are times and Gruden would have him run the, some of the practice drills because their backup quarterback wasn't capable of running some of them. And this is, so at least now they have a backup who is um, capable. Yeah. And probably he's thinking of pulling a Ryan Tannehill. You know, yeah. <laughs> Every, everybody's trying to play Ryan Tannehill nowadays, I think. Um, Ryan Tannehill took his spot, so he could possibly take Yeah, we'll David see. Depending on how uh, Carr plays. But it's a nice deal for a backup, though. Yeah, 17.6, two years. I mean, you know, as a as a former high round, high first round pick, it's I think a little bit expected. But also, ever since Mariota had that that broken leg, was it? He's never really been the same. No. I think. What was his draft pick? Was he like number two? I think he was Winston number two was one. under Winston. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Winston was one. He was two. Look mm-hmm. where those two ended up. Yeah. Speaking of Winston, uh, Winston is gone. He's out of the Tampa Bay Bucks. Nobody that knows was, where he's going to go. That was a given once uh, yeah. Brady was signed. I think uh, he was like their third choice in a way because mm-hmm. he – so I was listening to an interview with uh, Rich Eisen and Bruce Arians. was like Winston did well in the season, but then towards the end he – through all those interceptions and he really regressed and basically Brady was their number one choice and if they couldn't get him I think they were going for Philip Rivers and then if they couldn't get Rivers they would go back to Winston yeah it doesn't go well for you when your team is your current team is keeping you as their third option and of course Winston had um was it like shoulder surgery this offseason and also eye surgery yeah he had LASIK and yeah, I think it was shoulder or it was knee. Something about some, he had two procedures. One of them was an eye LASIK surgery, and the other one was one of the other two some, options. Some other undetermined body part. <laughs> but you know, I, I like Jameis Winston. I mean, he in my for, head, he I'm threw all, for a lot of yards. Yeah, one hundred yards. Mm-hmm. No, sorry, fifty-one hundred yards. He's a and, big play kind of player, but. Sometimes not the plays that you want him to make. <laughs> his first pass is a buck, and his last pass is a buck. Both <laughs> oh, picks. no. Oh, no. That's not a, that's that's not a good one step way to, to That's one way to... He's the only person ever to throw 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions in a season. Mm-hmm. So, but, I don't know. In my head, Jameis Winston will always be known for that crazy scramble against Chicago where he made his way all the way back into the end zone, escaped several sacks, and then chucked it downfield to Mike Evans. You always have to bring up the Chicago plays, don't you? <laughs> uh, I mean, that was the play where he got on my radar, and I'm like, you know, this guy is kind of like a, a discount Deshaun Watson kind of guy. Of course, Deshaun Watson wasn't in the league by then. He but... is going to remain a backup now, though. He is not going to get a starting job anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Unless um, something drastically happens. Speaking of another great playmaker, Cam Newton has been released from Carolina Panthers. 
Carolina decided to go with Teddy Bridgewater instead. The Bears lost out on the Bridgewater sweepstakes. We'll touch on that later. <laughs> there was a lot of drama that went into this thing. Uh, yeah. They signed to Bridgewater for three years, $63 million, $40 year, $40 million guaranteed in their first two years. And then they come out and they say that that uh, they have given permission to Newton to seek a trade, and then he comes out in his crazy Instagram font that he <laughs> writes in. I don't know how he does it or why he doesn't, but it's there. And he says that the Panthers put him in this position to get a trade, to force him to look for a trade, and he didn't want to get a trade. So they couldn't they couldn't find a way to trade him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they him. offered him to the Bears, and the Bears didn't jump on him he comes course, with too much he comes with too much baggage too much I baggage want, yeah i don't want <laughs> i mean I'm you know sorry. he's he's got his injury issues uh some people say he's broken hasn't had that success that he had in the super bowl run yeah um when when von miller kind of crushed his hopes and dreams multiple times in one game but uh you know he's still got that potential and we'll have to see. And he's another uh, number one overall who has now fallen into the market. I mean, he's out there. Jameis Winston's out there. Jadevian Clowney, he was a number one. He's still looking for. He's still looking for a team. Um, Just so shows you how these high draft yeah. picks have not really panned out as well. Cincinnati Bengals, look out! Oh yeah. All right, so uh, let's just run through a couple more of these. We don't have to go into that deep of a discussion. Let's just yeah, we got a rapid fire. Clayus Campbell, you know, to real big, tall, older guy, defensive line to the Ravens. Rams traded, released right? Todd Gurley. Uh, oh, yeah, he was traded. Yeah, yeah that's a shocker, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, Todd Gurley got that big deal, and uh, ever since then, his career has been kind of fallen so and they cut him they yeah they, the they got him he's going to be paid a 10.5 million dollars i think it was a bonus or like something was going to become guaranteed and they cut him that day yeah which just shows you just don't hold out mm-hmm. and he just lost his productivity over the past year yeah so. injury he's got that like arthritis in his knee or something mm-hmm. that's kind of dropped his production case keenum Went to the Browns, reunites with uh, Kevin, Stefanski. Kevin Stefanski, who was his uh, offensive coordinator is his good years with the Vikings. Stephen Guskowski is out of New England. Of course, Can that's the kicker. <laughs> I mean, I liked Eddie, but I don't know how long Eddie can last. can last. Yeah. And we didn't kick that many field goals this past mm-hmm. year. Guskowski and- is kicking Super Bowls. He's known... He's been around for like 14 years. Yeah, when you, when you think of Patriots kickers, you think Vinatieri, and then you think Goskowski, and that's that's it. That's who's been. Yep. No one else has really been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked a little bit about the Ryan Tannehill deal. Mm-hmm. Brian Hoyer left the Colts to go to the Patriots for the third uh, time. Yeah, he's back again, and he there was something that said. He was offered more money by other teams, but the Patriots said you might have a starting spot if you compete for it. And Hoyer it's said, like "Okay, going home we'll too. It's like yeah, home. Familiar, familiar stomping it. grounds. It's nice." Uh, Chris Harris Jr. went to the Chargers. Now this is <laughs> this is 
a little a little nice for him, I think. He gets to face Denver, his previous team, two times a year, make life a little painful for them. Uh, of course, Chris Harris will know their system. He'll know their receivers' tendencies, the quarterback tendencies. So I think that's... It's always interesting when a divisional... when a player stays within the division. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robbie Anderson, wide receiver for the Jets. He's gone to the Panthers now to join Teddy Bridgewater and that brand-new uh, offense under new head coach Matt Rule. Uh, the Eagles are rebuilding their secondary. They have Darius Slay, the Lions cornerback. Darius Slay won't be terrorizing the Chicago Bears offense I anymore. I was just about to say that I'm saying thank God he's <laughs> out of our division. Um, and Indomitian Sue returns to the Bucks one year, $8 million deal. I it think, seems like a logical move. I didn't really yeah. see him going anywhere else. Or any, he's had an interesting career. He's Went from much, the much Lions hated. to yeah, much hated. <laughs> much hated by uh, uh, a lot of people. Some of it, some of it justified, some of it not justified. Mm-hmm. But and, you know, in the end, he's a very solid player. He's yeah. getting older, but you know, he's he's got that middle of the defensive line. And of course, now that Tom Brady's on the Bucks, everybody wants to go to the Bucks. Who wouldn't? Yeah, it's it's just the way it is. All, All right. right, so um. If you were to look at our outline for these past eight shows, at the end of the show, at the end of the outline, we always have a Bears news thing section, but we never get to it. So now that we don't have any time restrictions on our show this time, since we're on the podcast, we're finally getting to talk about our favorite hometown team. So with that, we're going to play a little intro to this segment that we are calling... Bears news. The biggest news that really came out of the Bears is that we acquired Nick Foles. Nick Foles. Um, what's when you hear the name Nick Foles for you, Bilal? What is the first thing that pops into your head? Really, honestly, it's a Super Bowl that he beat the Patriots in, mm-hmm. and said like the double doink. <laughs> yeah, the irony oh, behind oh, that he's no. coming to Chicago now, and um. I don't know, his career has been up and down the whole time. He had that great early start in Philadelphia, then he panned out, and I believe it was St. Louis. And then he mm-hmm. had that almost retirement phase, and then he comes back to Philadelphia, then he goes to Jacksonville, gets hurt, loses all of the games he starts in. I don't know. It's going to it's a, it's gonna be interesting. Kind of, kind of surprised, kind of not surprised, but at the same time, He's had familiarity with Matt Nagy. Yes, he has a lot of familiarity with 
the entire offensive staff pretty much. Uh, Matt Nagy was the offensive quality control coach in his rookie year with the Eagles in 2012. And then when Nick Foles was a backup with the Chiefs in 2016, Matt Nagy was the offensive coordinator. You've got uh, Bill Lazor, the quarterback coach for the Eagles in 2013, which was a career year for Nick Foles. Then you got uh, John DiFilippo, who was the quarterback coach with the Eagles in 2017, which was the year as Foles won the Super Bowl. So it, it almost we, seems like we have everybody... All these, we have all these yeah. now on our team. It's almost like this was the entire plan. Well, at least it provides Mitch a way to... It lights like a spark underneath him. It uh, tells him that he has to improve. Now, I know the whole last year, I'm not going to blame it on him. And uh, he had a soldier. I'm also not going to make excuses for him, but he um, he played well at times. I, uh, the example is the Cowboys game from last year on Thursday night where he played really well. But then he also had really bad games, such as the Rams game. And the opening night was not good as well. The so, opening night was like watching another preseason game all over again. No, and it, and that I, game was that game was close. It only ended up being ten to three. We could have easily tied the game and won the game. So mm-hmm. at least he provides some source of competition, and he knows that um, if he wants to stay the quarterback of the Bears, he has to make sure that Nick Foles is on the sideline. And right. the fact that Nick Foles is, um crashed down to this level after being the Super Bowl MVP like three years ago. It is going to motivate him to be a better player, which hopefully in turn pushes Mitch to be a better player, which in turn pushes the offense to be better in the team. Mm -hmm. It's It's a whole progression. I think the one thing that we don't want this year is a back and forth between um, Mitch and Foles. We don't want it to be like, oh, one week Foles has a hot hand, and then the next week he's not doing so well, and he gets benched in the middle of the game, and Mitch comes in, and he does okay, and he starts the next game. I think Maggie's going to stick to a guy. Right. And he's only going to make a change if it really requires a change. Right. And I think that's the right move to make. Um, you, You want stability at that quarterback position. You want stability at every position, really. That was the biggest news that the Bears have really made, and um, there's going to be more coming soon, hopefully, as we progress into the offseason. But uh, let's go through the rest of the signings that we did. One of the bigger ones I actually really liked was that we signed Jimmy Graham. Mm, that we was... finally have a tight end. Like Jimmy Graham <laughs> has been on a, a little bit of a decline, but still his past year's stats were better than all our tight ends combined. Right. I mean, the the Trey Burton thing was okay in the first year he was here. Last year he was injured, uh, and we really didn't have any tight ends. I liked a couple of any the, big names. I liked a couple of the ones at the end. Mm-hmm. We had uh, Jesper Holtz, and who else did we have? Uh, Horstead? Horstead. I liked, I, liked, I liked that in combo. They were good. Mm-hmm. They worked well, but we need we can keep them. I'm not saying we get rid of them, especially right. now that we have more practice squad slots. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But um, and we had Ben Broniker. Sorry, Ben Broniker. That's what mm-hmm. I was 
uh, I like those tight ends, but like we just need a solid number one. Yeah, those those guys were solid um, depth pieces and and special teams players, but in terms of like a, a franchise tight end, you know, um, like Jimmy Graham used to be. Uh, we had sort of a franchise tight end before Martellus Bennett. Um, Greg Olson was the Greg Olson franchise mm-hmm. tight end we really had. Right. Uh, so, you know, earlier in the offseason, the Bears signed Demetrius Harris from the Browns, and he's always been this real tall, real fast kind of athletic freak, but with no hands. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it wasn't this giant signing and of course there's a whole like tight end carousel of you know the browns get rid of demetrius harris send him to the bears um and then they got was it did they get austin hooper from the the falcons yeah i think he played there. Yeah, he was a member and of the then and then the falcons got uh hayden hurst from the ravens so like the Browns it's like musical chairs. <laughs> yeah, the Browns upgraded at tight end, and then the Falcons upgraded at tight end, and the Bears only got the cast away from the Browns, and it was like, uh, hmm. But yeah, another person's I, trash could be our treasure, though. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. Um, what other signings do we have? Danny Trevathan. Yeah, we re-signed Danny Trevathan. I like that. He's mm-hmm. a strong leader on the defense, and it would have been real disappointment to let him go. And I know a lot of people that. were saying Nick Kwiatkowski mm-hmm. should replace him. He was good. He got signed with Oakland, and I'm still happy we have Trevathan. Because Trevathan had that crazy play where he went to blitz and then pretended like he was dropping back into coverage. Yeah, that was against Washington. And then the night. guard turns his head, and Trevathan is like, oh, he turned his head. I can run in. And he just ran straight into the quarterback. That's always a nice memory for him. Um Hopefully he recovers well from his, what was it, dislocated wrist or broken arm or something? Something about that. Yeah, it was a real ugly replay. I don't want to see that again. Um, Leonard Floyd, former first-round pick by the Bears. That never worked. No, it did not. He only played well against the Packers. (laughs) That's a good point. Um, They had a lot of hope for him, but he was, you know, this another athletic freak, but just couldn't didn't have the fundamentals i think of a, a good pass rusher so and uh, our our good old backup quarterback chase, chase daniels, daniels he's gone yep he's gone quite sad he won us a couple of good games when yeah. he needed to he played well but he was never gonna be competition for true no and, and this is where nick Foles comes in yep mm-hmm. um ha Dix, one year deal last year and they've let him go and he signed with the cowboys um i never i never really liked him i always liked adrian amos a lot Mm -hmm. i'm sad that we got rid of amos and got clinton Dix instead for just a tiny bit less than we would have been able to resign amos for um yeah i don't don't, yeah i don't mind this uh, we got our safety death back, though. Deion Good. Bush and DeAndre Houston Carson, two guys Just who were... Eddie Jackson week. Mm-hmm. Eddie Jackson back there. Mm-hmm. I think we re-signed him last year. Yeah. 
Uh, we have Robert Quinn now. That was like the biggest sign. Imagine him now and Khalil Mack. Yeah, him on and one side, Khalil Mack on the other side. Robert Quinn has had a pretty solid career with the Rams. Um, Wasn't he playing with the Cowboys last year? Yeah, he was with Cowboys last year, but before that he was with the Rams. He was pretty good. Um, kind of liked him. He, uh, man, did he? I feel like he either started at defensive end and moved to linebacker or was at linebacker and then moved to defensive end. I think it's defensive end to linebacker, but, um, I know. would, I would think so too, because you don't <laughs> usually hear people going from linebacker to defense. Right. Usually it's more, uh, losing a little bit of weight, getting a little fast, a little and faster. It, it depends on the system you're playing too, because you play a three, four mm-hmm. and, it depends. You play in a three-four or four-three. Usually, you have more um, linebackers in a three-four. And I think the Cowboys played in a three-four, and so do we. We play, we also play in a three-four. Although we do a lot of a lot of nickel package stuff. Yeah, isn't but of course, Mack, isn't Cleo Mack technically a linebacker officially? Technically, he's supposed to be a linebacker, but so now that's how it works. So because of the nickel package, he just mm-hmm. gets slotted in at the defensive end slot. It's weird. But if you know. need to, you can have him in coverage. Yeah. I, I saw somewhere that said, nowadays, nickel defense is the new base defense instead of having a 3-4 or a mm-hmm. 4-3. It's nickel now just because of the way offenses are built. And that's, I don't know, kind of weird. But that's the way it goes. Uh, Artie Burns, uh, Steelers cornerback. Kind of okay, I guess. Um, he's not a super big name. He was a, a nickel guy, I think for the Steelers. I don't mind this. After the Bears got rid of Bryce Callahan, kind of didn't have a a solid nickel guy. I know they got Buster Screen, but I feel like Buster Screen's been always kind of undersized. At He's like 5'9", I think. I don't know. but Somewhere in that range. Um, we have Barkevius Mingo. He was signed. He's a familiar face for Chuck Pagano. He Chuck spent Pagano. time in the system. <laughs> spent time in the system. Uh, I don't remember quite much about him. I think he was with the Saints, maybe? The name... This name screams Saints at me. <laughs> um, linebacker. Uh, Seahawks. And Seahawks. Texans. And Texans. Okay. guess not Saints. Hmm, must be thinking of somebody else. But yeah, you know, any any player who is familiar with the head coach, I think, is always a a solid move. And uh, so now, um, a lot of, you can oh. see some a lot of the social media teams uh, pages on a lot of the teams here that they've been telling people to stay inside because of coronavirus. And a lot of famous Bears players have been uh, former and present have been telling us to stay home so if anyone wants to see mike singletary or anthony adams telling you to stay home just check out the bears twitter feed those those bears legends are always like held in such high regard it's interesting to see how people will listen to them though Mm -hmm. because like oh mike singletary told me to stay home oh i better stay home now so Let's finish up the show with the XFL. Trenton, this is your area of uh, expertise. All right. Well, the XFL has ended their season because of the coronavirus. So I 
I don't know if they lasted longer than the Alliance of American Football. I think they did. I think they did. And they've already been guaranteed to come back for another year. So it's Mm -hmm. not like they're folding the league. They had a pretty good run. Um, It was pretty decently popular when they were around, at least in those first few weeks. And then going further, I definitely kept up with it. Uh, so now the XFL, now that they ended their season, they're allowing their players to find opportunities in the NFL, which is kind of what the XFL was supposed to be about. So have uh, four notable signings over here so far. P.J. Walker, quarterback, he was already probably going to be the MVP of the XFL what, if they were to end their season at really any point of the season. Every week, P.J. Walker was the the guy People compared him to being a discount Patrick Mahomes kind of player. Fast, elusive in the pocket, can make angle throws of all kinds. And he's now with the Carolina Panthers. He's going to be backing up Teddy Bridgewater. He's got a two-year two-year deal for uh, $1.5 million. He's got a $150,000 signing bonus and a $25,000 workout bonus. And because the Panthers signed him, they traded Kyle Allen, the backup from last season, to Washington for a fifth-round pick. And this is all about the connections. Um, it's it's literally all about the connections because now Ron Rivera, former Panthers head coach, is with Washington. So Kyle Allen rejoins his former head coach. And P.J. Walker was with head coach of the Panthers now, Matt Rule. Uh, in college at Temple for three years, so mm-hmm. it's just it's just quarterbacks going back to their uh, their original head coaches. It's a nice reward though for someone who's done so well in the league, mm-hmm. and that was kind of the whole point in the league to basically develop these players into a way that they could get to the NFL. Right. And now that he's the XFL is no longer there for the rest of the year, he can transition over. Mm-hmm. Uh, Speaking of Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs now have a new backup quarterback. That is Jordan Tamu? Tamu? I forgot how to pronounce it. But um, he was the... (laughs) Whereas P.J. Walker was considered the discount Patrick Mahomes, uh, Jordan was considered the discount P.J. Walker (laughs) in the XFL. So it's not a, a bad signing, I think. He did pretty well. So the Chiefs now have a a nice backup behind Patrick Mahomes. Uh, We have Kayvon Walker, defensive lineman. He was a sack leader in the XFL. Now he's moving on to the Steelers. Um, Nice for him. (laughs) I don't really have... I did not follow him too much. People getting rewarded. Yes, there we go. Continuing their chance of making it to the pros. Yeah, and hopefully as we continue along with the Tampa 2 Tuesday episodes, we will see more of these signings. More and hopefully they will be on back on Tuesdays, not yeah. on Wednesdays. <laughs> All right, so. Yeah, so this does it for our first ever solely podcast edition of Tampa 2 Tuesdays. So we will be back again next Tuesday. With more football. Yep. All right, so follow us at Twitter at uh, Bilal 
No, sorry. Bill Malik 15 and Trent underscore Cito. Thank you for listening to today's episode.